Hello, and welcome back to another Expand podcast with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I want to cover how you, as a starseed, can tap into and connect with your spirit guides. This is definitely a topic that I get asked all the time, and I really truly feel like there's a lot of misconceptions at play when we talk about connections and spirit guides. So let's just start off with a little overview about spirit guides. We all have them. I have never met a single human being or interdimensional being that did not already have spirit guides. Yep, you heard me. Even aliens have spirit guides as well. The funny thing is, your spirit guides have spirit guides. No matter who you are in the entire universe, as long as you are a soul inhabiting a physical form, no matter what dimension it's in, you are going to struggle with challenges and lessons. And that's because you have limitations. A tree has limitations. A dog has limitations. An Andromedan has limitations. An Arcturian has limitations. A human has limitations. We all have limitations. We all struggle. We are all sharing this binary polarized universe. And with that being said, we could all use a little bit of guidance and support within our incarnation. So I think when I personally started to expand and wake up, I assumed that our spirit guides are done with learning. I figured that they were just around to help us out. And boy, was I wrong. I think when I first witnessed a spirit guide's emotional breakdown due to the roommate that I had at the time, I realized that they too were learning their lessons. And then when I further explored interdimensional life and past lifetimes, I started to realize that a lot of our cosmic spirit guides are actually our loved ones from past lifetimes. For example, if you have an angel as a spirit guide, maybe that angel is connected to you and chose to be your guide because it's actually your angelic mother from an interdimensional past lifetime. So a lot of the times our spirit guides are actually one fractal of their greater soul that has chosen that moment or this lifetime to come back around and help us in their old form. This is kind of where simultaneous time and other dimensions gets a little bit weird. It gets twisted. It gets convoluted. It's difficult for our human minds to wrap around these concepts. One time I tapped into a spirit guide that was my dad's spirit guide that came to me in the form of a lyron, right? It's a giant, beautiful, furry lion being. I forget what his name was, but he was really majestic. And my dad asked the question, well, who is he now? He's coming to you as this lion being, and him and I were brothers before in a past lifetime as lyrons, but who is he now? And I said, oh, that's a great question. 
And when I asked him to show me his form in the present moment, he transformed from his beautiful, furry, majestic Lyran self into this kind of honestly creepy looking, tall, grayish being, but it it had really like kind of almost like a dark blue skin to it. And yeah, definitely not cute, not cute anymore. And so at the time I asked the being, why did you show yourself as the Lyran to my father, right? It could have been to anyone, but why did you show yourself as this being if you are someone different in this moment? And the being said to me, I am presenting myself in a way that he is going to recognize and understand me. And that makes a lot of sense. Now, if you really think about it, us in this now moment, like me right now as Elizabeth April, I am, we are all quantum beings, right? So even though I'm existing or a part of my conscious awareness is existing through this body as Elizabeth, I'm also, and you are also simultaneously existing in an infinite number of places. The coolest thing to really think about, I mean, there's a lot of cool things here, but one of the cooler things to think about is you right now are most likely a spirit guide for another being or multiple beings all around the universe. And I first really got to know this concept when I tapped into my 12th dimensional mantis being named Khan. And I started to see him in a reflection in all of these different forms. Like he loves coming to planet Earth, but through little creatures and critters. And so when I tapped into him and I said, what are you doing now? And he said that he kind of moderates or, you know, overviews kind of the flow of the universe. Uh, I said, oh, that's really cool. Do you ever come to planet Earth? And he said, oh yeah, all the time. And I said, really, what do you do here? And he says that he incarnates through little critters. Like I said, like maybe it's a gecko, maybe it's a bird, maybe it's a snail or a bug, right? To teach people lessons, to help people learn lessons. And then also he said that he comes down and he teaches human beings and he gives them information and knowledge that they need to know so that they could help the planet at this time. And I said, really? So a future version of myself is a guide for others on this planet at this time. And he responded with, yeah, we need as much help as possible on planet Earth. And that made a lot of sense to me. So that's really interesting. So think about it. There's fractals of yourself out there in the universe that are all helping other beings. And that's pretty cool. So I really want to just kind of reframe your mind in understanding that spirit guides are not the end-all to be-all. They are not godly figures. Interdimensional beings are not the end-all to be-all. They're not godly figures, right? In a sense, I guess we're all kind of godly figures in the way that we create our own reality through conscious observation. And we're, of course, all fractals of source at the end of the day. So the first thing is to really take spirit guides off of this platform. That's really important. And the reason why this is really important is because if you put a spirit guide onto a pedestal and you really look up to them and you think that they have something that you don't have, what's going to happen is you are not going to be able to connect with them. There are many reasons why 
we perceive that we cannot connect with our guides. There is no such thing. Your guides are a part of you. They are your soul family. They could even be a fractal of you. I've seen many times that spirit guides are actually just you in another dimension or frequency. That's, that's the best part about it all. So if there is no separation, what determines us being able to connect or not? Well, going back to putting your guides on a pedestal. The more attached you are or the more attached you become to, first of all, needing guidance— to needing to speak to your guides in a full telepathic manner or in a full conversation, the more and more, like I mentioned before, you won't be able to fully connect to them. And the reason being, and what I've observed in others, is an attachment to anything will instantly lower your vibrational frequency, disempower your vibration, And basically, it'll take that thing away from you faster than you can even try and manifest. An attachment to a spirit guide in thinking that this guide has something more or something different than what you have will actually cause them to step back and step away from you. The only way you're going to be able to connect with spirit guides, especially interdimensional spirit guides, is through a heightened vibrational state. The only way to get to a heightened vibrational state is understanding that you already have everything you need. So what a kind of contradiction we have on our hands here. I really need guidance, but anytime I really need guidance, my guides are nowhere to be found. But anytime I'm feeling great and I'm having cosmic euphoria and I'm tuning into the vibration of the planet, they're there. I feel them. I hear them. I speak to them. I get messages from them. So why, right? It's kind of like uh, being stuck between a rock and a hard place. It's a, a paradox of sorts. Your guides are not here to give you something. Your guides are here to help you remember. And the second you assume they're here to give you something or do something for you that you can't do yourself, they will walk away from you. Now, That's a proverbial walking away because they, first of all, they don't usually walk and uh, they kind of float around. And secondly, they would never abandon you. They would never abandon you. So never assume that. Now, that's, that's the biggest thing is your attachment will lower your vibration. Therefore, it'll be very difficult to connect or hear your guides out. Doesn't mean that your guides aren't gonna be there in your times of need. As long as you have a clear ask, a clear desire, and a clear intention, they will come back around and they will give you answers. But that leads me to the second part of this, which is a lot of the time we believe, and I actually have this in my book, and I think it's in the chapter called Signs, you know, 1111, I think it's chapter 13. A lot of the time, our spirit guides are communicating with us. Our higher self, the universe and source itself, Mother Gaia, they are all forces that are all communicating with us all the freaking time. The problem is, as human beings, as beautiful hybrid beings that we are, we have been taught to have a linear mind, which means that When I say the word communication, the first thing that really anyone thinks about, including myself, is having a verbal conversation 
with another conscious and aware individual who probably speaks my language. The language of the universe is not verbal. The language of interdimensional beings is most of the time not verbal. So to expect and assume a verbal communication between you and your guides, forget about it. And part of the problem that I observe and find and have observed in my own life is that we are expecting one thing within the realm of communication with our guides. So we're only ever looking in that one direction, whereas we're getting signs from our animals or birds or, you know, a beautiful divine synchronistic opportunity or an email that pops up or a video that pops up on YouTube. Those are all signs. Those are all messages. 1111 on your phone. Those are all signs. They're all messages. But if we're only expecting verbal communication back in that very split second moment, it's most likely not going to happen. And it doesn't mean that you're not telepathic. And it doesn't mean that your spirit guides cannot communicate in your language to you. It just means that you may not be fine-tuned enough in that moment to perceive what they're trying to say to you. And I also find, too, that if your mind is very distracted quite easily, giving your guides that five minutes of concentrated time to say, okay, step up, this is the time that I'm focusing on you and I'm looking for verbal communication, it's just a very small window. If you practice meditation often, if you quiet your mind often, if you're listening to your surroundings often, then you will notice a certain level of communication from everything. I communicate with my reality through every hiccup, through every breeze, through every plant, through every conversation that I have. Not to say that I'm you know, fully aware of everything, but that's how I communicate with my higher self. That's what, how I communicate with my soul contracts. That's how I communicate with my spirit guides. Funny enough, I've been able to fully communicate with my spirit guides since around 2010. And these days, and for the past probably four or five years, I don't bother asking questions and tuning into them. Most of the time, I am tuning into my friends or my family members or nuts or the dog spirit guides over my own. And it doesn't mean that life is so good that I don't need that help, but I would much prefer and much rather to listen to the environment than to get a direct message. That's just me. That's my own preference. But at a certain point in time, you're going to feel so aligned and so content that you're not going to need them to validate who you are or where you are in your life. I I really truly feel like that's what it's going to come down to for most people who do have that gift. And we all have the gift, you know, we all can communicate telepathically. So the other thing too, other than just perceiving it the wrong way or not listening in the right way, is spirit guides also communicate through your, let's call it your highest spiritual asset. So for me, my highest spiritual asset would be 
clairvoyance, which just means that I can see a lot of visuals. Like anything, that any messages, even especially quantum physics that comes to me, it comes to me through vibration and visuals. I will visually see something, which is also, I would say, like an easier version of any psychic gifts and abilities because it does need and require a level of conversion and translation, just like language does, but it is pretty apparent and straightforward. Some of you are, for example, physical empaths which means that your spirit guides are going to be communicating to you through vibrations and emotions in your body. So if you're tuning into your spirit guides, you're asking questions, or you're just kind of putting a question out there to the universe in general, really listen to your physical body. Maybe you get a pain in your gut. Maybe you get a headache. Maybe you get a cold chill on your back. It's not enough to just take the sign for what it is. Say, for example, you're clairaudient and you hear a lot of things that a lot of other people don't hear. Maybe your ear pops. That's an indication that you're receiving a message. It's not enough to just passively be like, okay, cool. I stubbed my toe. I'm going to move on. Okay, cool. I saw the number 1111. I'm going to move on. In order to really get the full-bodied approach of any message you're receiving through any mechanism, I really recommend asking follow-up questions. So for me, when I first started communicating with my guides, they would show me different odd images. And I would doubt myself heavily because none of these images made any sense. I would say, all right, spirit guides, what do I need to do about my job? Or what do I need to do about this situation? And they would show me, say, for example, you know, a very abstract cube, right? Just floating around and the cube is a magenta color. And I'm looking at this magenta cube thinking, what is this? You know, what the hell is going on here? And in the past, I would doubt myself to say, oh, I must be picking up, you know, some weird stuff. I'm going to walk away from the image of this magenta cube because I don't know how to translate it. I don't know how to perceive it. I never thought to actually just ask for a follow-up image to show me what the magenta cube really was. Like, for example, one of the first channelings that I ever did on a friend, you know, that I just did for free because I was looking for practice, I saw a red ball hitting a wall. And the red ball was hitting the wall, back down, hitting the wall, back down. And I asked my friend, I said, I'm getting this very clear image of a red ball hitting a wall. I'm like, do you own a red ball? Do you throw a ball against a wall often? Like, talk about being so literal with the image. (laughs) And I'm telling you right now, no matter what spirit guide it is, no matter if it's your grandma from this lifetime or a Palladian from another lifetime, they are not very clear on their messaging. No matter what it is, no matter who it's coming from, they are very coy. That's the word that I use with spirit guides often. I think the reason why spirit guides tend to be coy is because they want to leave the messaging up to our own interpretation. If a spirit guide came through and said, Elizabeth, stop eating chocolate cake every night, right? To me... I would be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna definitely going to stop eating chocolate cake 
every night or at all, because that's what my spirit guide told me to do. Guess what that's doing? It's essentially taking away our free will from making our own choices. (laughs) And no spirit guide wants to do that. And no spirit guide is allowed to do that. So no matter if it's a red ball hitting against a wall, right? Ask deeper questions. Show me another image. What does this mean? And then all of a sudden I get an image of the guy, right? My friend walking into the wall and hitting the wall. And I said, oh, it's you. You're blocking yourself. So I asked him, what walls are you hitting in your life right now? Oh, well, my relationship is hitting a wall. My job is hitting a wall. Okay, cool. Well, let me ask about that. Then you go deeper. So it's really important to ask for clarification and for validation. Don't ask for too much validation because I've been laughed at in a very like beautiful way, not in a mocking way, by my spirit guides for over-asking validation. It's kind of like having a spread of oracle cards or tarot cards in front of you and asking a question, am I on the right path? And the card that you pull is like, yes, your path is magical and you're exactly where you need to be. And then you're like, "Mm, I don't, I don't trust that. Let me pull another card. And the next card is like a little bit more unobvious. Oh, well, you know, troubles ahead. And you're like, I don't, I don't trust that. Okay. I'm going to pull another card, right? You can't continuously ask for validation from your guides because at a certain point in time, you have to trust, right? So your spirit guides want to communicate with you. You need to understand that they are a part of you. The easiest way to connect with them is really when you don't need to, when you have let go of all of attachment to them, and you know you find yourself in a high vibrational, very self-sufficient and free place. The easiest way to communicate with your spirit guides is through very unobvious mechanisms. Basically, through signs is the number one way to communicate with them. I've had spirit guides actually pop into bodies of other people to give me messages before. So there's such a variety of ways they can come through. And so many ways that I haven't even mentioned in this podcast episode. And probably so many ways that are unique to you as an individual and a soul. And understanding that our spirit guides are just learning their own lessons that they're amazing, but hey, if it's your angelic mother from a past lifetime, guess what? You were an angel in that lifetime. What can she really give you that you don't currently have? Maybe it's love and support that a mother can give a child, right? But as far as information from the angelics, you were there. You lived all of that. You were with her, you know? So just really understanding that you are your best spirit guide and you can ask your higher self to give you messages as well. And if you do get a clear message, like a clairaudient message or a clairsentient, like an all-knowing message, a download, if you get some sort of image, don't just pass it by. Don't just walk away. Dig a little bit deeper. That was the only way that I was able to decipher messages. That truly is the only way that I'm able to decipher messages today. So I hope that this podcast episode really gave you something to think about. I hope that you start to ask your inner wisdom what you need to know 
rather than your outer wisdom, what you need to know. I hope that you understand that you teach your spirit guides just as much as they teach and guide you. And I guess the last point here that I want to bring up is, you know, just like I mentioned before, your spirit guides are not giving you anything you don't already have or don't already know. Your spirit guide's main purpose is to help you align with your predestined contracts that you chose and you set in motion before entering into this incarnation. So just remember that. They are here to keep you on your path, but it's the path that you determined for yourself, even if it involves some really terrible incidents, accidents, challenges. They're all here to help us learn and grow, be more well-rounded, and truly understand this dualistic reality. Please, please, please check out my brand new book, You're Not Dying, You're Just Waking Up, for anything and everything spiritual awakening. This book is fantastic for buying and giving as gifts. Guess what? It no longer needs to come from you. It can come from me, the crazy spiritual chick, and I think upon the kind of average, everyday, mainstream individual picking this book up, especially reading the first couple of chapters, I really think that it will validate them within their experiences and help them to move through and ascend from a higher perspective. For those of you who have bought the Kindle or the paperback or the book bundle, I really appreciate you and I thank you for all of the kind words and magical reviews you have left on Amazon. Keep up the good work, starseeds. You are here for a reason. You are supported. You are being heard. You are being listened to. It's time for you to do the listening. Until next time, have a beautiful rest of your week. And I will see you all in the fifth dimension.